This is the We Are Outdoorsmen podcast, built by outdoorsmen for outdoorsmen, presented by Herod Outdoors and Max Luer. Top line just got this. Yes, there it is. <laughs> yeah, that was my fault. There we go. So who she does it again. And we're back with another episode of the We Are Outdoorsman podcast. Um, I'm Britton Ransford, the producer. I'm here with uh, Richie Herod and Bob Loomis, both of our hosts. Uh, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, something we're pretty lucky to have in central Washington is uh, a winter kokanee fishery. Um, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, Lake Chelan, which is kind of where we spend a lot of our time fishing for the kokanee. But uh, do you want to get in and talk a little bit about uh, how, we're, how we're catching those fish and, and what we're doing? Yeah. You know, the, the winter kokanee fishery is, is a little bit different than, you know, fishing them in the early springtime, late spring, early summer, you know, where the fish are closer to the surface. Um, they're more congregated, uh, you know, during the wintertime, it, it, it's a totally, totally different style of fishing. And you're looking at, uh, your, your hunting fish, you're hunting little groups and they're not in big, big schools. Like when they school up, you know, let's face it. <laughs> Fish, fish are, they're no different than anybody else. They're looking for food year round. They, they got to find food in the, uh, mid spring to early summertime frame. You've got, you know, warmer weather, you've got more plankton, you've got more food concentrated, you know, they go into shallower water, you know, there, there's, there's so many things that, that add into this during the winter. You're look you're looking for small groups of fish mm-hmm. and you know it depends on that thermocline in in the uh, whatever body of water that you're fishing on where they're at um you know i personally have caught fish at 247 feet um you know it, it's it's one of those things that it just depends on where the the food's at and where those fish are at and they don't seem to be in large groups so you're looking for smaller groups of fish. You're looking for a thermocline or, or somewhere a depth at where those fish are at. So you've got to obviously be able to read your electronics and, and you know, rely upon your electronics on showing you what, where, how, you know, things are going. When it comes right down to utilizing product, um, you know, you're, you're fishing a little bit slower. They're not, they're a little more lethargic. They don't chase stuff quite as much. So it, it's a, a little bit slower fishery all the way around. You know, it's no different than, than any other fishery during the winter fish, you know, slow down, slow down. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Bob, Bobby and I have a, have a saying and it's uh, you never leave fish to find fish. That kind of goes out the door when, when it's time to for the winter fishery. We'll, in the summertime, spring and summertime, we'll wear a hole in the map on our GPS, just turning on groups of fish that will pretty much stay in those places, and we'll just pound the heck out of them little bastards, you know. And uh, But in the wintertime, you might see a group, catch a fish, turn on them, come back through that group again, and they're not there. You're not finding them on your on your finder you got to drift one way or the other to find where they go so you have to move around a lot more 
yeah it, it you know the 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 old the old turn back on the fish and and mm-hmm. you know instead of trolling for another 300 yards right you know that that's if you want to put fish in the boat really quick that's how you do it right but uh, in the winter time that whole thing kind of goes out the window because those fish are continually moving and you have to be able to either follow those fish or you know run an area that has a number of fish but they're they're in way way smaller groups you won't find those big schooled up schools of fish no like uh you know you usually do in the the spring and summer time frame so it it's one of those things that you know once you find a depth you're generally going to find those fish at that depth right so it's just a matter of of you know, hitting an area and knowing that you're going to have a uh, fish within a given, uh, a given, uh, area itself. But it, it's something that, you know, it's, it's a different style of fishing for kokanee. Yeah. And, and I know one thing too, is, uh, normally in the spring and summer when we're trolling, we troll with the contour of the lake bottom. So you're, parallel with the shoreline and you're trolling up and down at a depth and that's where those fish are sometimes we found that if you troll across the lake rather than down the shoreline that these fish will be you know in deep water but in shallow water and deep water but always at the same depth but you find them you know in a different way trolling with the boat which is actually kind of fun for me because i really like the hunt i mean it's a lot of fun Oh, absolutely. You know, it, trying to find it, it, it's, you're having to work harder, think a little bit more yeah. during the winter time in order to put fish in the boat, and, you know, consistently. And that's a little hard for us, you know, think a little harder. Oh, exactly. You know, I, <laughs> come on, really? I, you know, I, it's cold. I, I don't want to be out there. You asked me to think. Oh, yeah. You know, 20 <laughs> degrees out and, and blowing and, you know, you're uh, out there. And, oh, come on. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, especially if you're in an open boat, man, that's miserable, but it's kind of nice to have the cover up and, you know, get a little bit of heat going in there if you can and, and, uh, some, maybe some special coffee and away you go. Oh, special coffee. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. So these fish are pretty lethargic. What's like a, you know, your ideal presentation, how tight's the leader, um, trying to agitate these fish. Um, what, what are you, you know, throwing down right off the bat? generally this that time of the year you're not trying to use uh your shorter leaders to where you're you're getting the fish you know trying to create a strike where you would in the late spring summer time frame um you know using beaded products like the uh, double whammy uh kokanee pros things like that uh things that are a little bit longer leaders not quite as much movement Uh, you're still getting the attraction you're still drawing the fish to that bait, but uh, they don't seem to be r- running short, short type leaders and running uh, uh, things, uh, you know, with, with uh, your big, big dodgers don't seem to work nearly as well as the uh, attraction drawing the fish at least to that bait. And those baits seem to work really well with, with not quite as much movement as what you would in the spring, late summer time frame. Yeah. So we're normally in the spring and summer fishing 10 inch leaders. We might lengthen those out two to four more inches and, uh, and go smaller dodgers. Mm-hmm. It's just like any other 
fishery that becomes, you know, fish that becomes lethargic. A smaller profile always seems to present better when the water's cold. Yeah, yeah. That uh, using using that smaller profile and using stuff that doesn't have quite as much movement uh, as what you would during the uh, those later months. You know, one of the coolest things that we ever did was start using underwater cameras on our gear. <laughs> and, and I'll tell you, you know, it's, it's uh, what happens to me is I come back here to my, to my home studio and I put the video up getting ready to make a show or whatever. And uh, the wife hears me downstairs, my wife Vicky, yelling at the screen, bite, bite, come on, bite, you son of a gun. <laughs> She's like, what are you yelling at? I'm like, this fish is following the gear and I want it to bite. She's like, you realize that's a video. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do realize that now. Yes. I'm telling you, what, when we first started fishing with those water wolves, you know, six years ago or something like that, I, it just it would drive me absolutely nuts because you'd sit and watch that fish and they would follow it and they would follow it. And go, oh my why, God, why, bite the damn thing! Yeah, why I mean, come on, biting. Oh my God, I just go absolutely nuts. Pretty soon, I just ha- I have to turn away. I can't yeah. watch it anymore. <laughs> You know, I think, you know, but it is cool, all joking aside, because you learn so much by watching that. You know, you watch what the fish behavior is for the lures that we're using. You could see when we had an inside turn or an outside turn, we speed up or slow down the gear on a turn. Uh, you could see it drop a little bit, and that might be the that might be the moment they strike. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or you speed it up a little bit, and that might be the moment it strike. And that's I, that's why we do the crazy Ivans. That's what we call it. Absolutely. Little absolutely. You got to do the crazy Ivan. Yeah. I mean, it, the little bastards, they're psycho. I mean, they, they are. Oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they'll fall, 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 and then all of a sudden they'll hit it. Yeah. You know, I mean, come on, really? Yeah. What, what is with that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just like, all of a sudden they... you hit the bait. Yeah. You know, why didn't you do that 10 minutes before? And usually they knock the corn off and then leave. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Soft mouse. Yeah. It's amazing the the clarity you get up there. Actually. Yeah. I mean, you could be down 175 feet and you can still see those waterfalls. Oh, absolutely. Just picture yeah. perfect. It's insane. It, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, we, we did that one. Uh, I put one down with Jeff one time when we were uh, fishing lake trout. And... 254 feet Mm -hmm. and we're watching lake trout follow gear oh yeah you know at 254 feet i mean that's how much clarity you have in the water you can see it and you know that whole red thing when Mm. it when it goes you know after it gets below 35 feet or 40 feet you know red turns to black Black. supposedly i'm looking at this red red stuff you know of what we're seeing yeah right you know i mean it's just brilliant red and 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 the fish are just following follow follow all of a sudden uh Jeff takes it out of gear or something like that, and the gear, you know, flutters, flutters. and does, and they jump on it. Yeah. And you're going, oh, my God. You know, you've been following it for 10 minutes watching this thing, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're going to hit it. Well, I mean, obviously, that, that's how you learn. You, you know, learn. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you know, you go over a fish, you don't get bit. Well, guess what? They're following. Oh, they're following. You, <laughs> you do you do a crazy Ivan or yeah. you, you take it out of gear or something like that. Let your, your gear flutter down, you know, slow down a little bit and then speed back up. And, you know, it it, it entices that fish to want to bite. Yeah. To, to be more clear, when we say crazy Ivan, we do tight kind of S turns. Just zigzag your boat left and then right. And what that does is it creates one rod on one side drop. And the other ones speed up and vice versa when you go the other way. So that's what we call it. Is, is crazy Ivan PC? <laughs> <laughs> Extremely PC. Is it? Okay. 
I'm not sure. Yeah, I, hey. This I, is the 21st century. Who knows? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, that... that that's uh, uh, that's what, we, what we mean by that. And, and it's anything just to, you know, after having watched them and learning that they fall, it's like do something to create that strike sure sure you know you you troll through a batch of fish and you don't get bit guess what you got fish following yeah you got fish following your gear you know whether you slow down whether you turn a little bit which you know your inside rods will drop your outside rods will speed up you know something to create something a little bit different to try to entice them to want to bite Mm -hmm. that that's what you're wanting to do and during the winter time you know it's uh, imperative that uh, you you try something like that because of the fact that you know they don't react the same as what they do in the springtime right. when when it's it, it's an easier fishery right exactly so now are we you know is that pretty much uh, isolated to Lake Schlanders there are other lakes you know in the northwest that you can fish for kokanee around you know there's there's not a lot that you can fish year round that that fish really well um, you know a lot of lakes like uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of, of, you know, half a dozen lakes, uh, Alta, Conconelli, um, Buffalo, you know, things like that, Palmer. They, free, uh, they often freeze. Yeah, they often either freeze up or uh, they're, they're closed to fishing. So in turn, you know, Chelan's open year-round. Mm-hmm. And so it, it gives us an opportunity. Lake Roosevelt. Yeah, know. Lake Roosevelt mm-hmm. is a fantastic fishery during the winter because those fish end up coming on the surface. Yeah, and, the opposite. And, yeah, just the absolute opposite because <laughs> that's the only place where there's, there's, there's any food. type of food. Yeah. And, uh, you know, th- that fishery is totally, totally different than, than most fisheries. Yeah. But... It fishes extremely well in the uh, in the winter months for the kokanee when you can find them, and you know once you find them, it, it's a, a game on. Yeah, for open water, and I suppose a topic we ought to talk about sometime is fishing kokanee through the ice. Oh, I'll there tell you. is that as well. Oh man, that's a probably for another time. But. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. But when we're talking about open water, you know, especially here in North Central Washington, it's really Lake Chelan. Lake Roosevelt, which is the upper part of the Columbia above uh, Grand Coulee Dam. And so those are the places that we have the best luck. And it is interesting that uh, where we find kokanee are very different in those two bodies of water. One's a river and one's one's a lake. And the water's doing different things. The food's in different places. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you know, temperature-wise, the temperature's the same all over. And, and, uh, you know, like with Chelan, you've got uh, those fish down at that 100-foot mark, you know, predominantly. Because of the thermocline, you know, you go into Roosevelt and all those fish are up on the surface. Because that's the only place, you know, when you've got a moving body body of water, it creates a different thermocline in that whole system. And and like you said, sometimes they don't bite. Remember when you and I, Lance, went up to Lake Roosevelt? Oh, yeah. It was 10 degrees, and we launched the damn boat, and away we went. and froze to death and never never got a bite pretty much that bottle of crown royal felt (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's why we didn't catch any special coffee (laughs) well let's uh talk about how to cook these fish now and uh (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about how to make some kokanee crack um oh yeah and we're gonna do that right after this break Well, in addition to the Northwest Outdoorsman, we also have a television show that we produced in the past called Herod's Cookhouse Field to Table. 
And we also do short uh, recipe segments that show you how to cook your fishing game. And along with that, we have uh, our own line of seasonings. And so with Christmas coming up, we thought that we would offer you an opportunity to try some of our seasonings with a 10% off discount. Just go to HerodOutdoors.com, go to shop. We have seasoning four packs. You can try all of our seasonings or buy them individually. And at checkout, use promo code HCH10 for 10% off. Give our seasons a try. I'm sure you will like them. Time to talk kokanee crack. It's time to talk kokanee crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Promo code EM20. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, maybe not. Oh, maybe not. Yeah. You, you can't make kokanee crack without his seasonings. And Richie is here to talk just how yeah. to make that kokanee crack. That Bobby's just going to eat all of it, though. Yeah, that's usually what happens. Well, this started out... Uh, some time ago, actually, Bobby and I. So when we started making the seasonings for Herod's Cookhouse, the very first one we made, Bobby and I worked on together. If you remember that? Oh, yeah. And absolutely. it's been quite a while ago, actually. Bobby maybe, will tell you every time, though. Maybe seven years. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Eight years, something like that. It's been quite a while. It's been a while. And what we were looking for is a seasoning that complements fish. Um, so we wanted lemon, we wanted dill, some sweetness, but not too much. And um, the recipe we came up with, which we call our lemon and dill fish seasoning, is just fantastic on any fish. Oh, it, it, it works. It works great for uh, white fish, you know, in, in your uh, perch, walleye, yeah. uh, hell, lingcod, halibut, etc. You know, as well as the, uh, the uh, red meated fishes, you know. Kokanee, trout, salmon, salmon, you know, you name it. So it, it works extremely well. And the way we, that we developed this recipe is, uh, you know, we came up with different options and we we put it on kokanee. I think that's what we use mostly to start with, but we also tried whitefish. But you put it on and then as you finish the fish, as you're getting close to being done, like let's say you're barbecuing uh, kokanee or salmon, is you put a little butter at the end and have that melt into that seasoning and that just blooms mm, all of those <laughs> kind of blooms all those flavors and that's how we were like okay we've got it you know this is the one but then we realized how good it was to put into you know breading for Crack. for, for <laughs> deep frying fish and we made you know deep fried walleye no, 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 with no. it Crack. well that's not what we called it at first <laughs> It's really hard to get three fat guys in the room talking about food. <laughs> exactly. When you when you got three fat guys talking about food, yeah. oh my god. Yeah, right. <laughs> but so, you know, we made this with walleye for the longest time and it makes fantastic walleye tacos. You um, basically you're building a dredging station with flour, eggs and panko and you're using our lemon and dill seasoning in the flour in the panko and then you fry up the fish. And crack tacos and then one day i'm gonna mute bobby's mic yeah you're gonna have to <laughs> then one day we were fishing up by banks and roosevelt and we were gonna have walleye fish tacos and we no 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 yes no. yes hey, no, listen I, okay, listen okay. and we didn't and we were gonna catch walleye oh yeah okay, okay in banks lake and we didn't get any 
and it was one of those times. Remember we talked about lake turnover happened to be one of those times where the fish just simply weren't biting. And uh, so we actually went kokanee fishing over at Lake Roosevelt and came back over and, and Bobby skinned them. And he's going to tell you about that in a minute. And we're trying to figure out, well, let's just use our dredging on this kokanee. What the heck? And so we did. So it was Bobby, Lance, and myself. And I started frying up this fish. Oof. And Oof. and these guys foundered on that stuff. Like, I mean, it was their last meal. Oh, and, and Fat they, guys laying on the ground, and, and, kicking your feet up in the air, <laughs> looked like a rabbit. And just they're, like, they're like, we, we, can't, we can't stop eating it. It's just like crack. And thus... <laughs> Kokanee crack was born. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you what, that that, that it, it was one of those things that you know when when you eat something for the first time and and there again we used to we used to eat uh, uh, deep fried spring chinook. Oh yeah, and, and I'm gonna tell you what, it, it was phenomenal. My my aunt made some some deep fried spring chinook that was just unbelievable. You just couldn't now. You move over here to the the east side <laughs> of the mountains. You know you don't have the spring chinook in your backyard. You don't have, the, but guess what? We got kokanee, and we started playing around. And and like Rich said, you know, <clears throat> that one night we decided, well, you know what? I'm gonna turn around and skin these. Well, we've got a video that shows you how to uh, how to skin and, and how to get the most out of really uh, you know your smaller kokanee instead of uh, trying to fillet them or trying to just gut them and eat them with with skin on the outside this video basically shows you how to skin the outside of a kokanee and get the most out of those smaller fish and you know, I I won't say these fish were small. They actually were pretty decent sized fish. Yeah, the ones we got in Roosevelt. Yeah, they the were ones we real got nice in Roosevelt. Fish. I mean, they were like 17, 18 inches. But the thing is, is we were all hell bent on on eating some deep fried kokanee. But we decided that well, we've got these the or we were we were hell bent on eating deep fried walleye yes, originally we were. originally yeah. A- and so <laughs> we got these kokanee. So I turned around and said. Well, I'm going to skin these. Let's just, let's just try this. So we turned around and, and I skinned them and Rich turned around and dredged them, put them in there, threw them in the, in the, uh, the deep fryer with, with all of our spices and, and, uh, <laughs> the panko and everything. And we got them out. Oh my God, we could, we couldn't quit eating them. And pretty soon, you know, we're, we're laying there on the deck of this, <laughs> this, uh, yurt that we're, we're staying at there at Cooley Playland and, and, you know, we're, we're laying on the deck and, and we can't eat anymore and we can't move and, and we're like stuffed and we're going, my God, did we just eat that? That, that, that was unbelievable. <laughs> you know, thus we came up with kokanee crack. Yeah. It's pretty easy to make. So let me tell you how to make it. And, and we'll have, we have videos up on our YouTube channel that show you exactly how to do this. If you go on to Herod Outdoors on the YouTube channel, we have all of our recipe segments there as well as the TV shows that we made in the past, and you can see how you do this. But it's really simple. Let me describe it to you. So you, I like to use pie plates. If you use a pie plate, it, it's nice because you have a, a good uh, area to work in rather than a small bowl. But you take your kokanee, either skinned or filleted with skin off, and that's kind of a key here, take the skin off. 
and then uh, cut them into the pieces you want. If they're small kokanee, you can kind of cut a kokanee in half, or you can fry them whole, depending on their size, whatever fits in your fryer. Then what you do is you put flour in one, add some of our lemon and dill seasoning. Break three or four eggs in one and mix it up. If you add a little bit of water, kind of loosens the eggs, makes the um, eggs stick a little bit better to the fish. And then your final um, tray has panko, and then you put our lemon and dill seasoning in it. And it's important that you, you know, you add the seasoning. Don't be shy. Oh, yeah, don't be, be shy with Because seasoning. the seasoning, once it's fried, is where all that flavor really comes from. So you take your fish, you dredge it in the flour, shake the excess off, put it in the egg wash, get the whole thing wet, put it in the panko, and then bread it that way. Now, the other thing that we like to do is once you do that, it's good to let it set for about 20 minutes or so. And what ends up happening is that egg wash will swell the panko a little bit and it actually adheres to the fish better. If you've ever had fried fish where the breading fell off, it's probably because you went a little too fast. So if you, between the flour and the panko, which kind of swells a little bit and adheres to the fish a little bit better, it'll save you. And then just deep fry it until it's golden brown. You don't need to go any further. Um, usually that's at a temperature about 350 for your oil. 350 to 360 is, a, is an ideal temperature. And then, um, man, there's so many ways to eat it. Now, Bobby, tell them how to eat the little kokanee so that they don't have to worry about the bones. Cause that's, and you show that in the video a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, just showing it in the video. You know, it, it's really nice when you skin those fish. You've got no skin on the outside. You've got nothing but but fish with with you know a whole fish with the center bone in it still, but as what you do is you eat it off the outside on one edge, you pull that meat off, and you can eat that one side of fish. Then you've got your center bone. You take it and you just pull it real lightly and pull it out of the second piece of fish, the other side, and in turn you got no bones in the, in the whole fish. And it, it's absolutely phenomenal, especially when you've got that the panko and the seasoning and everything on there. Oh, my God. It, it, it's unbelievable eating it like that. So you eat it like, almost like a corn cob. You eat off one side, pull the, pull the bones out of the center, turn around and eat the other side off. So, yeah, And if that wasn't good enough, then the next thing we decided to do is uh, we have this uh, sauce. that. We, oh, that Finn and Field sauce. It's got Holy the Finn cow. and Field sauce that... That, my, that's unreal. <laughs> my wife and I came up. Well, really, she was the one who kind of spearheaded the recipe on this. But it's um, we sell it in um, little bags. It makes two cups of sauce. And so you can do a whole quart. You just pour two of these little bags in there. And then you add um, finely chopped jalapenos, you know, like the ones you put on nachos. And the juice of those jalapenos, so the, the um, pickling juice, and you mix it up and you make this sauce. And it is amazing. And then you just drink it. And no, no, it, it's, and it's, pe- be, it's beyond good. It, it's, 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 it's really good. <laughs> we have, we've had people like scrape the bowl trying to get the very last piece out. But you add that to your deep fried walleye, your deep fried kokanee. And 
you know, if it wasn't good enough already, then then you really are moaning and groaning when your stomach is so full you can't you can't eat oh, another yeah. bite. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm I'm starving already. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to end this episode right now, actually, because I'm I'm too hungry. That's, yeah. uh, Let's go make some. Let's gonna, make we're some. We're gonna go I'm make hungry. some coconut crack. And uh, just for legal purposes, there's actually no crack involved in this recipe. Oh, it just means you you get addicted to eating too much fish. Exactly. Crack. So uh, be sure to go to HairedOutdoors.com and use that code HCH10, correct? Yeah, H- and, yeah. HCH10, and, that's correct. And if you, if you head there, you'll get 10% off your spices. We will uh, be back next week with another episode. Be sure to... Uh, comment, subscribe, rate, like, all of the above, and uh, we will talk to you next week. <laughs>